0: George Polk Award for Foreign Reporting. She's just published an insider's compelling book on India today. So many will present her views of the world's largest democracy on Tuesday, March 22nd at St. John's Presbyterian Church in Berkeley, 2727 College Avenue. Advanced tickets available through brownpapertickets.com or supportive independent bookstores. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Jennifer Stone, cover to cover.
1: Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a ruler. Of- in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up those in dark
0: Is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw? Ah, oh, today is February the 2nd, 2016. For those of you who are depressed about Bernie Sanders' loss last night, I did stay up and check it out. The pundit said that Hillary squeezed by. How do you like that? I don't know. Anyway. Um, not 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 for me to say. I recommend to you again an essay that uh is in Harper's the current Harper's. It's called Left of Bernie. You say you want a revolution by Garrett Kaiser K E I Z E R Uh It it helped me get a grip on things, but of course uh it doesn't tell us what's left of Bernie. Uh, A few progressives here and there. Never mind. Anyway, check that out if you're interested in uh, the history of the left, Uh, the socialists. Funny saying socialist party doesn't make much sense because, of course, Bernie is not the head of the socialist party because there ain't one. Never mind. I guess I'm in a little bit of a flummox about that whole thing. Today I wanted to just read poetry because I I find that it's my only resource when things are just too much for me, too hard to handle. I am not one of those who responds with with hope or with wisdom when things get tough. You know uh, the phrase, when things get Tough, the tough, get going. Yes, indeed. Truth is that the latest reality sandwich is making me sick. It's the one about the, uh, uh, the war on women. Now, <laughs> uh, nothing personal. <laughs> this time it's biological. <sighs> Can't blame anything but this virulent virus... Spelled Zeta. Z I T A. The Zeta virus. Ah. Ah, pregnant women. Millions of them. Under the gun. Wrong word. It's not bombs. It's bugs. If you could call a virus a bug.
1: Uh,
0: I. Uh, I have to. I have to face the fact that this bloody virus uh, is going to give me nightmares for a year if one more expert or media pundit or medical man uh, speaks up saying that it won't kill us. You know, the grown-ups. It'll only disable our unborn children, attacking the fetus in the womb. Killing the future, giving a veritable death sentence to those whose mothers contract this virus. Ah, uh, yes. It is now reported that uh, there is venereal transmission. Now, I, I haven't digested that. I haven't got hold of that yet. Ah, uh, we have to double-check. Double-check everything because, gosh knows, we're going to get it wrong for a while. Uh, It appears that the birth defects will disable these infants. The descriptions are terrifying. Ah, small heads, little brains. You've heard, you've heard most of it, I'm sure. I've been drafting a letter to send to everyone, especially every woman, well, anyone... With power, money... You know, Linda Gates, wife of Bill... uh, Right, the Surgeon General... Try the President's mother-in-law... Right... um, The first grandmother of our nation... The whole first family surely has the ear of Michelle's mother... This is Marion Robinson... Uh, She lives in the White House, you know... I guess we better start with the U.N. I'm asking them, what is the price of a single mosquito net? Can the U.N. or anyone find the resources for the mosquito nets, mosquito repellents, bug repellents, everything for the pregnant women in the Americas? Uh, oh, it's, and the Caribbean, too. Uh, that's the area that this deadly mosquito is invading uh but that's today tomorrow who knows all the global health health organizations the cdc the center for disease control uh, i think i think what's happening is that they're trying to avoid panic all those people they speak calmly no hysterics maybe uh Maybe hey, they are shrieking behind the doors. Uh, this lethal virus carried by this malevolent mosquito. Well, I guess it's not the mosquito's fault. Uh, no blame this time. No blame. The blame will come when we fail to cope. Anyway, uh, that mosquito has also known to spread dengue fever and some other bad stuff. So look it up, check it out. God knows I'm not a reliable scientist. I'm just a terrified old woman. I remember something uh, back in 1960. It was called thalidomide. Now, there's no similarity, none of any kind, except in the terror I felt then. Uh, That was a man-made drug, that thalidomide. It was supposed to handle. Well, it didn't completely handle, but it helped the nausea that women suffer uh, during pregnancy. Well, some, some do. I didn't, thank God, so I didn't take the litamide. Uh Anyway, it produced horrendous birth defects, mainly the loss of limbs and so forth, nothing about the brain, but I was in my first pregnancy at the time, and I uh, was anxiety-prone. The thought, oh, God, it kept me awake nights we had no ultrasound then. I don't think we did, no. Uh, I, as I say, hadn't taken this stuff, but that didn't stop my imagination from running wild. Now, this crisis, this current crisis is much worse as far as I can tell. Uh, No stopping this one. Uh, Only solution, don't get pregnant. Anyway, this is a biographical, biological. Oh dear, it's a holocaust. I'm terrified, no kidding. I'm scared to death, I'm shaking. If this epidemic becomes global, our species is threatened with untold stress. I think of all these young, pregnant women today and how they must be feeling. Uh, I've reached the point where I I know, I know, it's cruel to even speculate. Just get the facts. Get those mosquito nets and that repellent and worldwide awareness. Uh, pour out any standing water. I've been doing that now. I keep going out on the porch and pouring off standing water where a mosquito might lay eggs. Uh, and for God's sake, send messages to the Pope. Oh Pope Francis I don't know if he has spoken out yet, I guess maybe. Anyway, listen for what the Pope has to say. That's that's a biggie. What I need to do is get my mind off this uh this holocaust. I just need to listen to women poets. I want to remember what our lives mean or what they meant once uh who said, uh, we've come to the end of living and the beginning of surviving. I think it was Helen Caldicott. Anyway, I was thinking about grandmothers for some reason. I found a poem by Jill Scott. I want to read Jill Scott's poem about grandmothers. Uh, I think of that grandmother in the White House and her granddaughters. I wonder if she thought that her granddaughters would face... Something like this uh, this epidemic. I wonder, will she tell those daughters, the president's daughters, will she tell them not to get pregnant? How many grandmothers are facing that decision? Anyway, uh, when I was a young, very young child, my favorite grandmother was the one in The Little Match Girl. I had none of my own. No grandmothers. Uh, Actually, yes, no mother after I was 13, but it's about the spirit or memory. The Little Match Girl is freezing to death in the snow, you know. She remembered the only loving adult she had known, uh, her grandmother. And we see the, the vision. She has this vision as she's dying. Of course, those, those Victorian fairy tales, I guess, I guess that's pretty sappy sentimentality, Uh, prophetic dreams of annihilation, like the Little Mermaid, yes, I remember the Little Mermaid's grandmother, Uh, (laughs) British Petroleum put me in mind of the Mermaid's grandmother, she told the lovesick child, the mermaid, who was in love with the prince. She said, stay home in the deep blue sea. I guess maybe that was safe in the past. Sort of. <laughs> no safety anywhere. Stop, 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 stop with the doomsday. I get many complaints about my doomsday view anyway. This poem I'm looking at... uh. I always think of these... Well, all poems are either praise, songs, or laments. This, this grandmother poem is kind of both. The title of this poem by Jill Scott is called Tree Like She, parenthesis for grandmothers everywhere. How many times have you heard the infant cry? How many leaves have you lost to fall? How many secrets held? How often the dead weight of castrated boys on your arms? How many younglings lost in the name of lesson? How many generations... Fire from fire, storm from storm, have you stood with your feet clinging and your bones crying for a lie down? How many poets rest their backs against your frame? Tree? How many dancers danced when the wind blew or the water tumbled or the sun looked and the snow painted, how many names carved in your heart, how many lovers rock sweet and right under your blessed shade, how many moons, how many knives, how many destinies have you seen get wet? Yet you are constant, painstakingly healing and swelling from your greater providence. You have seen the earth, green and fresh, turned to synthetic. Yet you grow through the fences, through the concrete, through wire, through rapid obliviousness through hatred swept in meat piles. I watch you sway in the October breeze and am uplifted every time. For good or ill, we know she's out there, yes, the magic grandmother. (laughs) Here's one that's Closer to my, my own shtick. It's called Sarcasm and the Woman Poet, once again. is Jill Scott. <laughs> and yes, I'm looking at the front of this book, uh, the poetry of Jill Scott. The Moments, the Minutes, the Hours. It's her most recent collection. This poem, Sarcasm and the Woman Poet if I wear a blue dress, light blue, soft blue, with short-cut sleeves and a high hem. Will you tolerate me then? Will you sit long enough to hear my prose? Well, what if I let my ankles show where high heels you know, the strappy kind men seem to like, and paint a bright white flower on my big toe will you invite me over for tea and chat will i be fly enough then for that <laughs> and well what if i curl my hair with hot rollers deep fry it sunday chicken style make my smile so wide that it scars my face What if I wore bright red rouge and reeked from Parisian perfume? Will I then be sexy enough to write? Well, how about a girdle or a holster that plumps my breast? What if I say real easy words with slow but comfortable stress while I bat my lashes and fail my tests? What if I put my hand on my hips, pop my neck, roll my eyes like I did a million times before this line? Then can I be heard? What if I write to win Win then, write to win, do it all over again next Friday night. Keep them clapping with punch lines and acting. Then can it happen? Can I then speak of struggle, write of disengaged values and missing respect? Can I then hold the mirror in front of your eyes and challenge your seat at the head of the table I bought in front of the food I made? Can I speak of abortion and lonely insides? Can I talk about freedom so close to touch, but too far from our sights? Can I be rough and angry with my thesaurus by my side? Can I be brash and brazen, full of myself and pussy pride? Can I scratch the chalkboard each and every time you write about your big dick and your tongue style? Can I then speak and write? Can I then think and think, express and confess? Can I then be all of me? Or do I have to get a Ph.D. for your respect? because it seems you refuse to hear my voice until I am gray and poor and tired of writing for craft's sake. I am quietly resigned not to do all that you like, but I have made you some cookies, darling. I hope you like snake. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. Oh boy, um, I think yes. I think her message comes across loud, loud, and clear. I was thinking of her, her lines about wanting to be herself, and I can't, I can't resist quoting the great Gertrude Stein about that thing of being. One, she writes. I have had to do what I have had to do. I have had to be what I have had to be. I could never be one of two. I could never be two in one. As married couples do and can. I am but one. All one. One and all one. Gertrude Stein goes on in that vein. (laughs) Not that she was one, she always said, Alice, let's face it. <laughs> anyway, I was looking again at her lines here. Jill Scott mentions abortion. And I thought of the pundits I'm listening to on the radio these days. Every every different station says something about uh, the the need, the hope, the wisdom of women—perhaps not getting pregnant till we know where we are—and I thought, how, how, how unkind, how cruel a thing when we know that the majority, at least, the majority of women on this planet, have no choice in the matter. Pregnancy is not something they can decide for themselves. Which brings me to Jill Scott's poem: "How." 2. How to let truth do its thing? Because the people are hungry, burnin', twistin', cryin', dyin' for the real deal. These craving rush open doors for monsters, toxins to kill the throat, the lip, the mind, and sits like old fester. Come on, man, the people are hungry begging, pleading, screaming, fiendin' for the good stuff, for the funk trunk, for the stink and the soul in it, for the new, new school, for the entree. And they ain't gone skip on the check. Jill Scott, with her feminist fist in the air. That's another one. I mustn't go on this way, but uh, it's so infuriating to hear uh, pundits, our media pundits saying that uh, feminism has something to do with the women who are fighting uh, with or for isis i i I know they don't mean it, of course, but they found another way to poison that word anyway. Let's read A Poet's Home by Jill Scott. Yes, A Poet's Home. (laughs) A Poet's World, you know. Uh, I I keep hoping I'll glimpse it once before I'm gone. Anyway, A Poet's Home. Please tell me there is some place, some place where the words are not corrupted, where the ego has left the building, left. The atmosphere for the moment, some place where the word stands, investigating, contemplating the life, and the life in the word, in the word, all the joy and the lust, the passion and the power, the love, the humanity, stands up through the word, for the word, not the career chances. Or the ew, ew if I say this poem or the possibility of being laid paid praised dot 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 etc somewhere some place where the craft is the mission and the mission is the pleasure, please tell me there is some place. Some place where I can just be a euphemism poet. <laughs> the F word again can't can't be a full-fledged poet here on the air because the uh, FCC spank if we use the one of the seven naughty words. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Some of the pictures in this book are lovely. I hope, I hope we can uh, use this book for a subscription to KPFA. We're coming up on a marathon. It's from St. Martin's Press in New York. The poetry of Jill Scott, The Moments, The Minutes, The Hours. Fabuloso. Uh, trying to see if I have just a moment... For one more poem, I don't think I do, but I'll try. I may have to stop in the middle. This poem is called The What Ifs. It is the what ifs, the magnanimous possibilities of this life. This now, this hour, this minute, the next is unknown. That's okay, all right, all good. Can't say what will break through, can't say what will slide out. Knock up the world today, but I am soft and strong, willed and passionate. My dreams are of seeing and being more than what I am. And these dreams don't take the low podium. Now that I know what I know, and that don't fit into sizes or perimeters, nothing can bar my exceptionality. Won't be wearing the silver medal, no medals at all. My muscle has grow, and my back has vigor. I am ready for the unspecified. Why shouldn't I be? It is the what-ifs, my darlings, that we should gild. The magnanimous possibilities of this life, this now, this our this minute, the next to be unknown, and that's okay, oh, yes, all good, uh-huh, hallelujah. This, uh, is all the time I have for Jill Scott, uh, it's a beautiful poem on the back, uh, This is a hardback book with a a cover on it and it's called Old School. Lovin'. This is very sweet. Uh, I don't have time. I'll save, save it for another time. This has been Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at this same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy... Go as easy as you can.
1: So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light.
0: Bay Area Rising invites you to join the One Billion Rising movement held in over 200 countries for the world's largest global action to end violence against women and girls. Bay Area Rising presents vision, voice, victory, the celebration of the lives of women in their communities. Featuring Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza. Come join us February 13th Saturday from 7 to 9 30 p.m. at the historic Suites Ballroom in downtown Oakland Doors open at 6 p.m. Food vendors and more And performing live the sensational Oakland-based rock band Skip the Needle and hip-hop goddess Medusa Come celebrate the resilience of girls of color, show your support for ending violence against women Tickets on sale now at brownpapertickets.com Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Bay Area Rising Don't miss this historic event